1: Bridge Toll, California. Customer service number.
2: Highway miles to the gallon. Ford Focus.
1: Thailand cave rescue operation.
0: What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California.
1: Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good night. engagement? How long give? before a wedding should I send out How many to save games the dates? Are in the first series Use IMAP the to playoffs. check find email on other email clients. Identify fonts, fonts where from where
2: them. to find you four the best. Ride right.
0: Welcome to the
2: Hey, my name is Tyson Stockton from Previsible.io, and this episode, we're going to be discussing core web vitals and performance. Joining me today is Ryland DeCorn, who is the Principal Product Manager SEO at Realtor.com. Realtor.com is a trusted resource for home buyers, sellers, and dreamers. Realtor.com offers the most comprehensive source for sale properties among competing national sites. So today, Ryle and I are going to be discussing how Core Web Vitals is actually performance and really kind of digging into how as SEOs we should be looking at Core Web Vitals, how we should be thinking about it, and then how we should bring it into our practice.
1: this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not.
2: Here's my conversation with Rylan, Principal Product Manager, SEO at Realtor.com. Rylan, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thanks so much, Tyson, for the privilege. It's great to
2: be here. Yeah, no, Rylan, we've worked together in the past. I've known you from a few different positions and companies. I'm really happy to have you on the podcast and hear kind of your perspective on this topic, especially coming from kind of the the product side within the Oregon Realtor, but also within SEO. So to start us off, how do you see core web vitals and performance? Like, are these different topics? Are they overlapping? Like, how should we be thinking about these two kind of areas of work?
0: Yeah. So for me, I think a lot of technical SEOs, core web vitals is really a subset of performance. And I think with uh, the onset of some recent updates in the last couple of years around Google using the three core web vitals as ranking factors, there's been a significant uptick in interest around how do you fix the core of vitals, and so it doesn't take too long when you dig a little bit into it to realize that these are really performance factors that have been with us for quite some time. So, core vitals is a subset of performance, and it's something that is really important for all businesses. Even going back to, I think, in 2006, Amazon had that study of. Every 100 milliseconds added to a page load costs them 1% sales. Um, Fast forward to today, that's billions of dollars.
2: And I think that's a key piece too. And I've ran into this like several times pushing on page speed initiatives where rather than pushing on it from like a, hey, this is for SEO, we're going to rank higher in the SERPs because of this, more of like a conversion play just to gain that traction. With like Core Web Vitals coming in, does that change the mindset that we should have on it? Or is it just like different measuring sticks to the same source problem?
0: I think it's a little bit of both. For SEO specifically, I mean, if, if you have Google Search Console set up, you have been bombarded with this since it, it came out in, mean, I think it was, wasn't it in May that they launched it? I know there was a bit of a delay it had to go on in April last year. But it really lit the fire under the SEOs in any company to really pay attention, mostly because it was extremely easy for them to just dig into those three metrics, FID, CLS, LCP. And those data points are pretty easy to report to leadership. And it's pretty easy to say we are either poor, needs improvement, or green, which green is good. But it's also all the underlying components that go into rendering your web product to users all over wherever your users are. And so the underlying components to Core of Vitals really are performance. And there's a lot of work that can be done all over the landscape of your company from top to bottom that relate to improving just overall performance. And these do have impacts on the Core of Vitals. But it can also be framed differently in that if you're improving the page performance, and you have things in place to measure the impact on lead conversions, signups, whatever your KPI is, then you can also see the performance gains from a real business perspective. That's not something that you can pull out of uh, Google Search Console today, but it is still the underlying, it's the foundation of what core vitals really are.
2: Absolutely. So it's more in the vein of performance is what we're pursuing. And we're trying to make a better experience for the users coming to it. And Core Web Vitals Vitals is one measurement within this larger topic. When it comes to actually prioritizing, identifying it, like as SEOs, how far down the rabbit hole do we need to go? And I think some SEOs, obviously with the amount of promotion and PR that Google put behind the announcements of it, a lot of people got into it, but then I feel like everyone kind of reaches their max of where does this tip into engineering. And so being on like the product side of an organization working on SEO, how far in depth, how, how well do you need to be able to diagnose and articulate the problem to be able to act upon it?
0: Yeah. And being in products really is, is a great discipline to executing against improving overall performance. But at minimum, I think it's the responsibility of an SEO to be able to at least execute a PageSpeed Insights report and dig into the opportunities that come out of that report and read up on the details that they give you in each one of those opportunities to understand or attempt to understand what those things mean. And then those are the details that you can bring to your, your other product managers who are managing work streams and then the engineers who are responsible for making the work happen to understand to actually execute against. So like a good example is if we have render blocking resources, typically JavaScript, you don't have to understand how to code JavaScript to know that there is a particular JavaScript asset that is causing a delay in the rendering of a page. You don't have to be very technical to look into the dev tools to find out that X percentage of that JavaScript isn't even used to render the page. So uh, digging deeper into the documentation and then the tools that are at our disposal uh, from Google allows us to at least bring something useful to engineers to work on and then push things out, measure the impact and then repeat. And in terms of measuring the impacts, initially, it likely is going to be a little bit slow. That's an important caveat that I think sometimes is missed when you're on your campaign to improve Core Web Vitals. You're going to try to fix things, and sometimes you're not going to see those immediate results. But it doesn't mean you should get discouraged or stop pursuing those performance enhancements.
2: Now, when you're saying the results, are you meaning in the actual like page improvements where you go to fix one thing, and then it becomes kind of like this whack-a-mole game where then another issue arises on the page, or more in the sense of when you see the actual movement in rankings? So
0: if you have ranking rank tracking set up, you can measure the the ranking improvement. I think like in most SEO scenarios, like it's super easy to work your SEO and lose rankings really quickly. And you know, core vitals. I think an important point to make is like it's just three components to an ever growing list of search signals. So if you have you know everything else perfect and you don't have perfect core vitals. It's probably not going to impact your rankings as much, but it gets back to the underlying component of it. Really, is about performance. So, if you have, even if you have great core web vitals, but your site is slow for a particular feature, or it's slow to go into down your funnel, you'll still see those performance problems.
2: That's a great point. And going back to like the how far down you need to go, I was doing a a training with an SEO that's not as technical, a little bit newer, and they were really wanting to dive into core vitals. And the big piece that I was kind of stressing, which sounds similar to, to your kind of approach, was not to put the focus on needing to understand the exact fix to it, but more of helping reduce the ambiguity that then goes to an engineer. And instead of just leaving it at, hey, we have issues with JavaScript and render blocking, actually digging to the point where it's like, hey, it's this portion or this segment that then is causing issues. And then give them the expertise and the freedom to do the implementation. And I feel like that almost ties into some of those elements of just how you work with other partners. Because I think even as SEOs, like, we're not going to like someone kind of coming in and telling maybe how to do SEO in that sense. And similarly, there's that give and take with like engineering too, of giving them the freedom and also opportunity to find the best solution to an issue.
0: Yeah. Especially from a technical perspective. You know, you might have opinions about what technically we should do, but it really is the engineers, the engineering team's job to build the best product that they can. It's, When you're in a product org, it's your job to prioritize what the most important work is. That being said, you know a lot of this really is outside of the world of of um, SEO and core vitals in general. It's about establishing really good relationships with the people who are pushing the code out or the people who are responsible for those work streams. And so, for me, I remember one of the first few tickets that I put together for looking into some of the core vitals issues that a certain part of. our site had and I did bring in the opportunities that I got from the PageSpeed Insights report. And the managing engineer came back to me and said, look, this is not a ticket. <laughs> I can't I can't put sprint points against this because this could just be infinite sprints for me to just like continue to like try to figure it out. So I think it does come down to something entirely separate, which is creating good, useful tickets and in a lot of cases useful spikes, which are Tickets that outline areas of investigation that um, will lead to additional work down the line. But specking out the issues that you have, you know, a good overview, a good set of requests uh, and acceptance criteria, and then potentially edge cases of like, you know, these are caveats of things that I'm not aware of, and we might learn that down the line. But listing out the offending scripts causing render blocking on the page, for instance, And then asking engineers to identify how much of that could actually be deferred, for instance, to help us load the essential components. That's a good request, or it's a reasonable request. And then leading, supporting the team with links to the actual report itself so that they can groom it, they can go through it. And they can also, if you list out the documentation of what all these things mean, they can also read that at their leisure, typically at like 2 a.m. when engineers are working at their best. Ideally, a good ticket is something that uh, you don't get a lot of questions back on. So you're supplying whomever is responsible for getting that through to the sprint for having enough information at their disposal to actually come back and fulfill whatever the request is.
1: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. that's previsible p r e v i s i b l e dot i o
2: yeah it's it's reducing that level of ambiguity I'd like to dig a little deeper on that area because i think that's super super helpful for a lot of seos out there is you kind of don't know what you don't know in that regard and so maybe going back to kind of like your journey of submitting that initial ticket, getting the feedback of the ambiguity that existed there, how did you bridge that gap? Was it working with the engineer to get clarity on where the ambiguity exists? Or was it kind of you taking it and then coming back (laughs) a week later with like a revised version? So like, how did you overcome that hurdle?
0: The feedback was... (laughs) the super SEO skill of copying and pasting reports into tickets wasn't sufficient for them to actually size the work. The request of, hey, let's reduce the amount of time it takes to load these assets, it wasn't the best request because it basically was asking us to investigate all these areas that may or may not even be in this engineering team's code base. So the request, I think, was refined into look into this list of JavaScript, CSS image services, the images themselves that may be rendering as a desktop image on your mobile device. That's one common issue that causes LCP for mobile devices. and turning that into investigate what in these assets is actually useful for the first printing of the page, the essentially what's in the first in, in the actual viewport when the user lands on the first fold. And identifying what could be deferred, what could be separated, and even deprecated. In working in a number of different places, something that has always remained a constant is there's always legacy code bases that sometimes aren't even maintained, may or may not have good documentation. And so looking into some of these issues that are causing the render blocking sometimes uncovers areas of the code base that actually need to be uh, scrubbed and rebuilt. And so, like that, that really does go much deeper into fixing things that maybe should have been fixed a long time ago. You know, everything requires some prioritization and there's also capacity limitations. But that's where you can start, at least in getting an investigation into let's look at all these things that are causing, or let's look at this script that is 60% of it is not even used to render this page, uh, at least in the test results that I just ran. And identify what those are, and see if we can split those up, maybe take those away, and figure out a solution to reducing the amount of time it takes to initially print whatever it is that the user is going to see and interact with in that first viewport of the fold.
2: Yeah, and I feel like too, if you apply that same kind of like mindset, it's super helpful in a variety of SEO tickets that you're going in. Yeah, is it's like. To create those constraints that allows the person or the team that's going through the grooming process of it to actually have clear sight of what's the start and stop of it. And I think that, at least in my experience, has been one of the big learnings is you can't leave it open-ended when it comes to like (laughs) going through engineering because then, yeah, you get the, this is impossible to score. How do we fit this into a sprint plan? And then it kind of just gets tabled for the time being. Before we wrap up, any kind of last points that you'd like to make in this overall conversation of performance and Coral Vitals?
0: Yeah, I think the, the top points are Google Search Console Coral Vital data is arguably the best source of truth for whomever you're reporting it to. But there's so many other tools that can dig into really the finer details of what your actual users are experiencing. Obviously, PageSpeed Insights, I mean, I think the magnifying glass will take you to, I think that's the inspector, but there is a way to go right from the core Web vital reports into a PageSpeed Insights report and gives you more data there. There's a lot of other tools at your disposal. A uh, personal preference of mine is the, the webpagetest.org. It's certainly not an endorsement, but it's an area that allows you to dig in deeper than what the PageSpeed Insights report. Will kind of summarize for you and if you can go into other tools you can get a lot of different perspectives because ultimately what you're graded against is are the real user metrics from chrome users and that data is something that you have to try to emulate you can do all the cool lab data that you want simulating an experience in the middle of virginia on a mobile device with 4g that's a good way to try to get to these things but you know, you're not going to get the first input delay from a lab report. You know, the best metric that you can really target there is total blocking time. And so going into a lot of different reports and digging into what those different reports mean is, one, going to educate you so that you can bring better data to your team to execute against. And two, it's going to allow you to see things that maybe don't show up on the Coral Vitals report. If you have things set up in a way that's measuring real user metrics on your site using various data tools, you can see things happen in real time for your users before they actually are captured by Google, or maybe they're beyond the 75th percentile of users. And so having additional tools at your disposal to identify problems is really a a good way to see a real broad overview versus just that one tab in the Google Search Console report.
2: It's a, a great point. I would say stay with me on this <laughs> analogy, but I feel like a good representation of that is we're looking at a 3D like physical object through taking pictures. And each one of those tools and things that you mentioned is taking a picture of the same object, but really we're needing to see that full object and each one is going to have its value, but really you're combining each element to really understand like the object itself. It's like
0: having two cameras on your phone
2: <laughs> and then
0: they stitch together. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah.
2: Two, three, four, whatever whatever the camera or phone yeah. is, but exactly. like we, can't, <laughs> we can't go back to the old iPhones. And yeah, we need our multiple lenses here. All right. Well, that wraps up uh, this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks to Rylan, Principal Product Manager of SEO at Realtor.com. And join us tomorrow as we continue the conversation with Rylan and we jump into the topic of enterprise SEO and how that can vary by industry. If you can't wait until next episode and would like to learn more about Ryland, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in the show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter where his handle is at Rye McCorn, or visit his company's website at realtor.com.